Gracious Lord, we thank you so much that you have given us this opportunity today to be here, to celebrate you, to celebrate your glorious name, to celebrate all those amazing ways that you make our lives better. Lord, we know that without you, we would be lost. Without you, we would have no idea what to do in life. Without you, we were just going from point A to point B to point C. We wouldn't have any way of understanding how that works. We wouldn't have any, under, any way of having a perspective of what it's all about. We know, Lord, that you are a God who, who infuses us with your strength. You infuse us with your love. You, you grant to us all these blessings all the time. You find ways to guide us through our lives. You find ways to show us what we can do. You have ways of, of just putting that seed of a vision inside of all of us that, that help us to understand how we can make a difference and what our lives can mean, not only for ourselves, but what our lives can mean for other people and for, for the world. Lord, sometimes we feel like all the problems that we see, all the problems that we face ourselves, all the problems that the world has today, they, they seem so overwhelming. They seem so big. It seems like there's no way that I or we can make any kind of difference in that. Help us, Lord, to grab onto your strength. Help us to understand that, that any difference that we make in someone's life is a difference that we're making in this world. It's a way that we're, we're bringing transformation to the world. It's a way that we're, we're bringing your love into the world. It's a chance for all of us to be able to see your love, to feel your love, to understand how powerful that is. Help us, Lord, to do whatever we can to, to reach out to those who are pushed aside. Help us to do whatever we can to, to bring justice into this world. Help us to do whatever we can to, to lift up those who are oppressed. Help us to do whatever we can, Lord, to, to bring healing into this world. But we know that that sometimes feels like it's beyond our gift set. It feels like it's beyond our ability. But we know, Lord, that you call us to do those things. You call us to bring healing. You call us to, to bring harmony. You call us to bring peace. We know that we can't do it by ourselves, but Lord, when we trust in you, when we allow you to equip us, when we allow you to give us the gifts that we need, we know that we can do all things in the name of Jesus. Remind us of that, Lord. Remind us of the strength that we have. Remind us of the authority that you have given to us. Remind us of the ability that we have to be able to help someone the ability that we have to be able to reach out in your name, the, abil the ability that we have to just simply love those who are around us. Lord, we can see brokenness. We can feel brokenness. We can see where the world is divided. We can see where, where, where people argue with each other. We can see where, where just factions are, are developing all over the place. Help us, Lord, to see things from your perspective. Help us to approach our lives from your perspective. And help us, Lord, to always do whatever we can to bring that peace that only you can bring. To bring that love that you teach us what it is. Help us to just bring that into this world. And help us, Lord, to know that, that everything that we need, you've already given to us. Every opportunity that's out there, you've already given us that chance to see it. Help us, Lord, to utilize all that we have. Help us to rely on you in all that we do. And help us, Lord, always to, to strengthen that connection that we have. And Lord, as we pray to you this morning, we, we ask that you just look upon us, look upon all those, those places in our, our, our own lives that are broken, all those places where we grieve, all those places where we're hurting, all those places where we feel separated from you. We ask, Lord, that you draw us closer to you, help us to be able to see your light, help us to be able to receive your grace, and help us, Lord, to, to receive the healing that you bring. Thank you, Lord, for every way that you watch over us. Thank you for every ounce of strength that we have. 
And thank you most of all, Lord, for your son, Jesus, who came to this world to to teach us about love, to teach us about you, to teach us how love works, to teach us how we can live our lives that, that reflect the image that you've placed inside of all of us. Thank you, Lord, for all the ways that Jesus brought healing. Thank you for all the ways that Jesus has helped us to understand what our lives can be. And thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice that he has made. Lord, we know that he gave the ultimate gift, where he gave his life for us, that we might have forgiveness, that we might have salvation, that we might have eternal life, that we might have forgiveness of sin. Your love is so strong that you did that for us. Your love is so strong that you didn't want to see us separated any longer. Your love is so strong you didn't want to see us just have this this affect us for the rest of our lives. You sent your Son, gave your Son, sacrificed your Son so that we might have this new life. Help us to live this life to its fullest. Help us to do all in our power to bring glory to your name. And help us, Lord, to truly follow the example of Jesus. That everything that we think about, everything that we decide, every action that we take, is based on what we know about Jesus, what we know about love, and what we know about you. Thank you, Lord, for this chance to be able to be connected to you. Thank you for this chance to be able to pray to you. And thank you for this chance, Lord, to call you our God, our loving parent, the God who has brought all these gifts into our lives, and the God who sets us free from the sin that tries to hold us back. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray by saying together, Our Father, who art... Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Excuse me. Jesus sends out the twelve. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, Take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. This is the word of God for the people of God. We've been looking at this TV show from HGTV called Fixer Upper. It's a show just like a lot like it, where they're going into a home and they're fixing things up, where they take a dilapidated house and they turn it into a show place. And we're not looking at the show for the show's sake. We're not trying to just learn about remodeling and how to do things in our own home. There's a, there's a process that they go through in each of these shows, a process that is very similar to a vision process. And as we begin a new year, as we think about where God has us going, it's a good chance, a good opportunity for us to think about vision, to think about a path that God might have for us, a direction that God might want for us to go. And as we look at this process from the show Fixer Upper, it can give us just kind of a framework to understand how that can work. The process that they go through each week, it's they, they come up with a design for what this new space could look like. They go through demolition where they, they take out all the stuff that's non-essential, where they identify the essential components, what, what has to stay in that space. Then they go through the build where they, they do the things that need, need to do to, to transform it into the new space. And then they reveal it to the homeowners. So, so far we've looked at the design where we kind of have this picture of, of what that might look like for us. 
what it might look like for us being children of God, what it might look like for us as Green Valley, what kind of picture is God planning into our minds as to who we can be, what kinds of things can we be, do- be doing. A vision is just a snapshot of us living out our purpose and doing the things that God wants us to do. So we've taken some time to reflect on what that is. We've taken some time to reflect on what our core values are. You know, as you go through the demo, you want to remove the things that you don't need but in order to do that, you have to first understand what has to stay. What, what are essential pieces? What, what are those core values that we have in our own lives? What are the core values that we have as a church so that we make sure that we're, we're building on top of that? And today we come to the build, the actual building process. And that's, as you look at the, the whole process, as you look at all the things that are going on throughout this, this whole thing, the build part, the build component is where things really start to take shape. It's where things start to look the way that you started to envision them. As you have that design in your mind, as you have that, that picture in your mind, when you start to build things, it starts to look the way that you envision it looking. It hasn't completely happened yet, but you're, you're starting to get there. You're starting to add things into this empty space that you just demolished. You're starting to add things like drywall. You're adding flooring. You're adding paint. You're adding fixtures. And it's starting to look the way that you envisioned it to look. It's kind of where that that vision, it's where that understanding, that picture, it's where that design meets the road, where things start to happen. I did a little, just a little bit of research, and it, it, looks, it turns out that in 19, or not 19, wow, I'm way behind times. In 2018, we spent in the United States $384 billion on home remodeling. So just all across the country, everybody who did home remodeling, add that all up, and it comes to $384 billion. It's forecasted that in 2025, that will jump up to $680 billion. So it's not quite double, but it's, it's close to that. So we're spending a lot of money doing these kinds of things. And there was a question, just a survey done, of people who were doing remodeling. And one of the questions was, why now? Why are you remodeling now? And the number one answer to that is, we finally have the resources. We're finally able to do it. And I think if you've ever done any kind of remodeling, you know that that's true. It's not, it's not cheap to remodel your house. It's not cheap to remodel any room in your house. There's a lot of things involved. It takes a lot of money. So it's something that we deem important. It's something that we deem valuable. It's something that we save up for. We save up for this moment where we can bring a transformation to our home. We bring this, this, this kind of redesign into our home. It's something that we have to wait for. We have to take the time to do it. And as we do it, we start to see how important it is because as we're building things, we're, we're seeing this empty space being filled. You know, once you go through the demo, once you take out all those, those non-essential pieces, you have this kind of empty shell. You have the foundation, you have some of the walls, you have the studs, you have the, the basic shell of what a room is. And as you build, you start to see a transformation. You start to see that empty space being filled. And you start to see how, how powerful that can be. When you start to see something take shape, there's something real to that. It makes it a real thing. It makes it something that, that brings joy to us. It's something that helps us understand that, that, that these kinds of good things can happen. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And I think as we look at our own lives, we know that we have empty spaces. There's spaces in our lives that, that just feel void. There's spaces in our lives that just feel like they don't have anything there. The definition of building is where you take materials, you put them together, and you create a new composite whole. You're taking just various materials, putting putting them together, filling an empty space, and making something new happen. 
putting something, making something real that wasn't there before. As we look at our lives and we see those empty spaces, we realize we have a need for that. We have a need for those spaces that we have in our lives to be filled up with something positive. We, we go through a lot of uns and a lot of disses. We feel unwelcome sometimes. We feel that things are unlikely. We feel that we've been unfriended. We feel like just all kinds of uns happen. We feel like there's all kinds of disses where, where, where we feel disqualified, where we feel discriminated against, where we feel that, that just things just aren't working the way that they're supposed to work. We have all these uns and disses that create voids. Every, every one of those things is a void in our lives. And it's, it just, it's, it's, heartbreaking to have those things. It's heartbreaking to, to have a, a dream or a vision or, or something that we want to do in life and not being able to get there. Feeling there's other things that prevent us from doing that, that those voids, those empty spaces are crying out to be filled. And then we hear this call from God where we're called to fill empty spaces in other people's lives. We're, we're called to help other people. It's all throughout the scripture. It's all throughout what Jesus does. It's all through, almost every time Jesus opens his mouth, it's about doing something. It's about reaching out and helping someone, helping someone who's in need. As we look around us, we realize it's not just us who has a need. Everywhere we look, wherever people are gathered, wherever we find people, there's need there. Everybody has needs. Everybody has those empty spaces. Everyone has those voids in their lives. And we hear this call from God to go out and help fill that void. But we're not always sure that we can do that because we have our own voids. We have our own needs. And sometimes when we're stuck in our own voids, our own needs, we're not seeing anything else. We're not seeing any other problem that another person might have because ours seems so overwhelming. Ours seems so big. Ours seems so empty, so void, that there's nothing we can do to make a difference in this world. That there's no way that we can absolutely in any kind of a way help someone else because our problems are, are big too. It's interesting how God works that. It's interesting how God balances that. It's interesting to see how God finds this connection between what we need, what we have, and how those things can come together. I've had the opportunity over the last several years to go around to different churches in our annual conference and teach different workshops on different kinds of things. And one of the workshops that we do is is a visioning workshop that just teach, teach basic visioning, how, how a church can find vision in their life and, and how they can apply that vision, how they can start to do that. But one of the, the essential components of that workshop is to actually go out into your neighborhood. And we actually take time in the middle of the workshop to leave the church. And if you're in a, a church setting where there's a neighborhood around, we just walk around the neighborhood. If it's not that situation, we find some cars and get everybody to pile into some cars and just drive around the neighborhood. There's something powerful about getting an up close kind of a view. If you're thinking about how we can see other people's needs, how we can find the needs of a community, how we can find the needs of, of how we can make a difference, it's, it's important to be able to get up close and see it. A lot of times what we see is this. We see a cityscape, right? It's a beautiful cityscape. It's an amazing, amazing colors, amazing look. It's just a beautiful thing. And that's often how we see our community. It's from a distance. And from a distance, everything looks fine. From a distance, everything is good. But when we have the opportunity to zoom in on it, we can see things that are different. A lot of times what happens is when we live our lives, we're kind of stuck in the same patterns. Wherever we drive through our neighborhoods and our communities, we're typically taking the same, the same routes. Think of when you're driving to work or when you're driving to the store or when you're driving to whatever, wherever it is that you're going. We typically have certain roads that we're norm normally on, 
But there's a lot more to any community than those few roads that we drive on. There's, there's a lot more community that's out there. And if we can take the time, if we can find the opportunity to take the time to zoom in on what that community is, we can see things that we haven't seen before. When we zoom in, we can have a new look at what it is. Now, when, when we had that as a wide picture, did you know that there was a boat there? Take a look at it again. Now that you've seen it, you can see it. But if you're just looking at this screen, this picture, there's, you can assume there might be a boat there because there's water, right? There's water and there's, there might be a boat up there. But when you take an opportunity to get closer and actually see what's there, you can see the need. And I think that's part of how God's calling us to work. That's part of how God's calling us to make a difference, that we find those opportunities to get close. We find those opportunities to zoom in on the communities that are around us, to, to get past our own, our own voids, our own empty spaces, and to see what might be going on in someone else's life. So this series, we've been kind of asking you to have feedback, asking you to, to think about things in your own life and, and things that, that you want to see as, as we live out our lives as Green Valley. We're going to have two questions today, so we're going to get to the first one right now. First question is, in two parts, what do you need in your life? In your life right now, what is your number one need? In order for your life to be what you want it to be, what you feel God wants it to be, in order for you to live out this life that God has for you, what's your number one need? What's your number one empty space or void? That's the top block on the questions that we have. There's actually going to be four blocks this week. So the top block is for you. And then block number three under the dash line, what do you think is the number one need in our community? That can be right here in green. That can be the community that you live in whatever that community is that you spend the most time, what is the number one need that you see in that community? I'm going to give you two minutes. I realize two minutes is not nearly enough time to really come up with this, but just whatever first comes to your mind, take two minutes and think about your number one need and your community's number one need. Ready, set, go. Everything that you've written down is important. Everything that you've thought about, about your life, about our community is important. But sometimes it seems like those two things, our needs, community needs, are things that prevent us from trying to fix or fill the community needs. Our own needs sometimes seems too big. But here's the cool thing. Here's what Jesus does. Here's what Jesus shows us in our text today. He shows us how those two things can come together. Think about this text. We usually call this text Jesus sending out the 12, right? He takes his 12 disciples, and it even says, that's usually how we title this text. It's even in the text where Jesus sends out the 12. But if you really think about it, it's not as much sending out as he's sending them into. He's, he's sending these people into places where there are people. He's sending them to where the people are. Yes, we're coming out of our own shell. Yes, we're coming out of our own circles. Yes, we're coming out of our own places that we typically are. But he's sending us into something new. He's sending us to where people are, where they're living their lives. So we're going into this place. And what's really amazing about this text is how he tells his disciples how to do it. He says, I'm giving you authority. I'm giving you power. I'm giving everything that you need to do this. So much so that you don't need to take a bag. Now think about that. Like Debbie said this morning, wherever we go, we take bags. We, take, we try to prepare for things. We, we want to make sure that, that we're okay taking care of ourselves and, and whatever might happen, we have what we need to have. He's telling them, don't take anything. What do you think that means? What does that mean where Jesus specifically says, 
Don't take a bag. I mean, that's a very specific instruction. Don't take a bag. I think one, it, it teaches that we rely on God, that God will provide, that God will give us what we need to be able to do that. But I think number two is just as important as number one here, where God is teaching us to rely on each other. He's sending us into places where there is need. He's sending us into places where people have those open voids, those, those, those empty places, knowing that we have our own empty spaces, that we have our own voids in our lives. He's calling us to come together where he's bringing together gifts, resources, and needs. He's calling us to create communities, calling us to create relationships that, that when we take who we are and what God has made us to be, and we go to where there's need, we go to where people need things, we find ways to be able to make things work. We find ways to be able to fill those spaces. We all have gifts. Every single one of us has a gift that we can bring to this world, that we can bring to someone's empty space. The thing that they're hurting about the most, the thing that, that, that's holding them back the most, God has given you a resource that can help that person. And just like we have our own needs, we have other people that, we have our own empty spaces, there are other people around us that have something that can help us. Whatever that need is, whatever that empty space is, whatever, whatever that void is, there's someone out there that can help us with that. And when we come together, when we are sent into where other people are, when we leave our bag behind, when we rely on each other to live life together, we can find ways for our needs to be met. I think so often when we think about church work, when we think about what we do as a church, we think we're the one with all the answers, we're the one with all the resources, and we have to find all those people that don't have any resources. I think that's a part of it. It's a part of what we do, but it's more about relationship. It's more about how we interact with each other. It's more about how we share life with each other. It's not just about us bringing salvation to people's lives. We can't do that. We can't save anybody. It's Jesus that saves people. It's, it's about us being together. It's about us coming together in the midst of, of life and sharing life together, building those relationships, understanding that, that this person has this, this person has this, this person has this strength, this person has this strength. When we all come together, we can all work to build that. We can do what was the definition of build where we bring resources together to create something new. That's what, that's what this is. It's building the kingdom. It's building what God has brought to this earth. It's bringing all these resources together so we can all share those things. But we often say, no, I, I, I can't do it. That's, I'm, I'm just a whatever. When I was in Mansfield, in, in, in inner city Mansfield, I, one of the, the, the quotes that I often said was, I'm just a fat white guy. What am I supposed to be able to do here? I can't do anything here. I, this isn't, I don't know this culture. I don't know this demographic. I don't know this place. I don't know anything about it. I'm just a fat white guy. But if you look at the Bible, the Bible is full of, absolutely full of stories where God takes people that don't seem to have any kind of qualifications and does amazing things with it. The disciples in this story where he's sending them out, he's sending out these 12 disciples up to this point in the scripture, they have done nothing to prove their faith. They have done nothing to prove that they are anything smart or anything especially gifted or anything. They're just people. And Jesus sends them out. First, he sent the 12, then he sent the 72. Now he sends us. He sends us with our gifts. He sends us with our empty spaces. He sends us into the communities where we find ourselves. What is your gift? That's our last question. What is your gift? We all know that we have gifts. We talk about gifts all the time. We just don't always know what they are. What is something that is naturally, it just comes naturally to you? What is something that other people have noticed in you that you're just able to do well and even easily that other people just can't? 
That's what I want you to think about. First of all, for your own life, what do you need? What, what can help fill that need in your own life? And the second part is, what's one gift that you think, I think we all have multiple gifts, but what is one gift in your life that you think you can bring as we go into our community? What is one thing that you can do to make that difference? Two minutes, come up with that gift. It will change the world forever because we're doing what God calls us to do using what God has given us to do it with.